Hello, ladies and gents, and welcome to episode seven of the KDH podcast. I can't believe that it is episode seven. It's actually been flying in, man. But thank you very much if you are tuned in and you've been listening to them. As normal, screenshot them and get them put in your Facebook stories and your Instagram stories and tag me in it because it's always good to see when people have been tuning in and it's good to spread the word that way as well. In regards to my business right now, because I always like plugging it in, I am still running my online training. So if you're interested in doing any work with me, drop me a DM and I can get you in for a free trial. And hopefully Nicola Sturgeon will give us a get-go soon for doing some outdoor group training. So I'll be able to start back my boot camp as well. And I've also got a couple of slots opening up for one-to-one training. So again, drop me a message. So today I've got my friend and physiotherapist Nyon. Say hello, mate. How are you? Hi there. How are you doing? Uh, thanks for having me on tonight. That's all right, mate. It'll be a pleasure, man. And like, I've had Nyon in my group throughout lockdown and we've done a lot of ice came on and done talks and stuff. And now it's my physio as well. And like, I always like the conversations that we have because it's obviously, I'm not a physio. Now is a PT. You're actually a qualified PT as well, aren't you? Yeah. So as part of my aim to become a better physiotherapist, I went through the level two and level three, yeah. mainly because I think that physios often get the exercise side wrong whereas sometimes PTs just go for it and get people working hard and they do really well with them so I, I thought I'd do my level two and three and I feel it's actually massively helped yeah. me as a physio in terms of exercising people it gives yeah. you a really good perspective with things as well mate didn't it like it's and I think that's what I've spoken about this on numerous podcasts where I think that, that you need to be open to learning to improve yourself and I think that so many people have this ego and I've done it. I've done it with things. I'm sure you've probably done it with things where it's like, nah, man, I know what I'm doing. I've got a body. And then it kind of puts you, you think that you know better than everyone. So, mate, um, we've got obviously a few questions. I've got them written down in front of me. You've got some answers written down in front of you as well. Yeah. So, firstly, we'll start off with question one, mate. What's your story? Where did you get started? And what are you doing now? Okay, great. Yeah, so I am 30 year old. I'm from Hamilton. Um, I graduated as a physiotherapist in 2013. Um, I have been working as a physio in air for six years. Um, when I first graduated, I actually really didn't want to go into physio. I was working as an ice cream maker, and I was quite happy doing that. Um, it was very enjoyable, but to be honest, it didn't pay very well, and working as an ice cream maker is really not good for your BMI. So I thought, <laughs> time to put my, put my degree into uh, use, and I started looking for work. So Callahan's where I work, uh, I did a placement there for university. And when I was at uni, Andy said, if you're ever looking for any work experience, give me a phone. So two years after being there, I phoned him and he gave me a job straight away. And I started off shadowing uh, for free and then it built up, built up to a full-time job. And now I basically live there. Um, always kind of joke, I've had two physio jobs and zero interviews. Both my second physio job I got whilst getting a massage. Uh, the guy said they were looking for a physio, and I was like, hi, I'm a physio, and I end up getting a job, uh, which was quite quite good. So, yeah, I had two physio jobs, zero lockdown, uh, zero interviews. Um, actually, well, actually, that's not true. During lockdown, I had, I had my first official physio interview for the NHS, but then I decided against it because I felt that it would be better using lockdown to develop myself and also to help uh, my clinic ride out the storm, and I think that's been the best decision, yeah. Yeah, that's good, mate. That's spot on. So, um, right now, what's the plan? What's the uh, what's the crack with lockdown? Where are you at? Are you allowed to start doing appointments for that now, or what's the? Yep, yep. So we are now able to start doing appointments. We are absolutely, you know, we're utilising 
PPE, so we're gowned and masked and gloved, and we've got very strict screening procedures in place, and we are, you know, reducing the, con the physical contact with our clients, but it's great to be back face-to-face, -face. you know, online physio can be good, you can help, but at the end of the day, it's like comparing a as the pizza to a Domino's, it's just not the same, it's just not the same <laughs> level, you know. So I'm really happy. We're back in the clinic this week. Uh, we're having a soft opening on Thursday, and then from next week we'll start to build up from there. Spot on, mate. Oh, cool. So what? Like, like. So you said that you had, you didn't really have the intention of doing it. Then it just kind of came upon you. Obviously, like I, when I met you, I, I realised that you were a very passionate physiotherapist. Like, what's your priority now as a physio? Like, what is your sort of ethos <laughs> behind physiotherapy? The the main thing is making a meaningful impact on every client who comes into my clinic's lives, you know, so it's building people up. It's, it, there's a big problem with physiotherapy where they focus on what's broken. And instead we like to focus on uh, how strong people can be and empowering them to actually take hold of their recovery and make the changes. So I, my, my big thing is helping to build up everyone around. And, you know, as we spoke a lot, the, well, the main way that I use that is strengthening. So uh, my, my big priority is taking people, building them up, getting them stronger. And that is honestly, for me, the most effective tool for, for that. Yeah. So yeah, and that, that's whether that's physically or emotionally. So it's about just giving people confidence to start going and you know, doing the things they love. Yeah, no, it's, it's absolutely spot on. Do you know, mate, like, I know that in, anyone listening in right now, like, if, if you aren't a coach or you're not a physiotherapist, you might not fully understand biomechanics, but when I started as a personal trainer, I knew it from my own training experience, but then I just started to see the benefits of actual, like, like watching someone, like, I knew my own experiences from strength training, but then seeing the improvement in someone's movement, seeing the improvement in someone's mobility, seeing the improvement, the way that just someone like moves, the way that they walk, the way that they run. And like, see when you, we actually, and it's, it's so underused where it's like, like folk don't see it. And I've had experience with physiotherapists in the past where I've went to them and they're like, yeah, you need to stretch off. And I'm like, what do you mean I need to stretch mm -hmm. off? Like, whereas I'm not saying that they're not wrong. However, the, the from my experience in talking to you as well, that weakness of the, where, where it's became tight, is due to weakness see that the tightness yeah. is stemmed from weakness and like the thing is that like, i get that stretching off a limb stretching off your hamstrings it is measurable like because you're like oh i'm just gonna i'm able to reach my toes further however strength training is completely measurable you're able to go i lifted more i done two more reps that felt better when i done it and it's like addictive whereas like I'm not saying that stretching, there is completely a place for it. However, if you're going to stretch, man, you need to stretch off. Like you need to be doing it like weight training. You need to be doing progressively overloading it. You can't just like the, the classic one I always laugh at is when you see everyone before a run and they're like holding their heel up to the bum for like, 30, <laughs> like not even 30 seconds, like 10 seconds. And you're like, that is like me just shaking my arms above my head before doing a bench press. Do you know what I mean? It's not actually... Or like doing some, <laughs> doing some press ups before I do a run, it's like the, it's so it's just sporadic movement. Whereas, like to genuinely increase range of motion and to benefit from, the reason I'm saying this is because in the past I've said, oh, it sounds like I'm saying stretching isn't useful. I'm totally I'm not saying that. But what I'm saying is, if you're going to stretch, go to like Pilates, go to yoga, yeah, do it every single day. 
so that's actually one of the points I'm going to be discussing today because I'm in complete agreement with you. So I think we come back to that maybe around about the myths section. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely. And we can, yeah. it's, we can it's discuss that in greater detail. But and it's something that sorry, I kind of went off in one there, man. These are you, you, like you're on the podcast, and I'm going off in one. Uh, yeah, but like it's something that I speak passionately about because I never done it. Like I never stretched off for years, and I never. And it's not saying there's no place for it, but what I think folk get confused with. Yeah, I don't stretch enough. That's why I'm sore. I'm like, no, that's it's because you you sat down all day. You do zero exercise. It's not because you don't stretch off. It's because yeah, your body's... exactly. And I think we need to look at the difference between stretching and 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 mobility. You know, so I think there's a huge benefit of mobility training, but static stretching, which I think is probably what we're talking about here. Generally speaking, like I say, I'll come back to it, but generally speaking, if I had to pick one or the other, strength or stretch, it would 100% be strength yeah. pretty much aye, every time. Yeah, yeah definitely. No, man. No, no, totally, I, I totally agree. agreement with that, mate. So um, moving on to question three there, what three pieces of advice would you give your old self if you could? So that could be you starting off as a physiotherapist when you were an ice cream maker or literally when you first mm-hmm. ever lifted, picked up a dumbbell. What, what's your three pieces of advice, mate? I'm going to be cheeky and make four, right? Yeah, if that's okay, I, I won't take too much longer. Sorry about that. Uh, I was thinking about it today and I just thought there's probably four. So the first one is read, read, read. You know, um, build up your knowledge base. People, when, you're, when, you're, when you've got knowledge, you'll sound confident, it will come across to clients. Um, the more you know, the more you can help people and the less likely you are to make mistakes. So that's number one. Just... Build up your knowledge as much as possible. Obsess over it. You know, I, I drive an hour to work each day and I listen to podcasts, physio podcasts each way. Um, I, I, I split that evenly between learning Spanish. So I learn Spanish in the way to work. Um, I'm actually it's, it's doing doing quite well. And another half is physio research. So yeah, definitely build up your knowledge base. The second one um, is keep it simple. No, so too many physios and personal trainers overcomplicate things. Um, I had a boy who could squat 260 and um, another therapist they saw told me that she thinks his transverse abdominis wasn't working. And can I swear? No, probably yeah, not. Yeah, you can swear if you want, mate. I, I'm, I'm like, fuck that, man. This boy is squatting 260 kilos. He's an absolute monster. And there's no way that anything to do with his transverse abdominis not working. It's just not the case. So loads of, lots of time people overcomplicate it. They overthink it. And actually, if you just keep it really simple, you know, is this person really weak, get them stronger. Are they very, very immobile? Get them more mobile um, and get them stronger through different ranges. You know, keep it really simple and and and, and clear and you'll get much better results, you know. So I think that's the the, the big one, especially when you're a new a new professional, you, you you overthink everything and you end up, you know, there's a good phrase if you is it if you hear hooves think horses, not zebras, I think that's a James Smith one. Yes, yeah, you know, enough. and just uh, just you know just keep it really, really simple and you'll do so much better with people. And also you'll avoid scaring them into thinking they've got these dysfunctions that just aren't the case. Now, the third one is actually one of the most important ones for me as a physiotherapist. Um, it's really simply, you can't fix everyone. You know, so physios get really, really hung up. You know, I've had some sleepless nights with people that I've not been able to help. And sometimes it's not because of the treatment. It's just, there's loads of different factors that either, it's either maybe I've not got it right the person's not been at the right point in their life to get better. You know, some people just aren't, they're not ready for the struggle. They're not ready to build themselves up and they need a bit of time. Um, and sometimes you just, sometimes you just don't gel. And um, often that can be the biggest thing. You know, I've had uh, experience with someone who at the beginning, I just thought you and I are not, I'm not going to click. And I didn't get anywhere with them. And then that brings me on to point four. Point four is ask for help. So when you're struggling, seek out people who've got more knowledge than you and utilize it 
Um, so in that case with that person, I realised that he would probably be better with my boss, Andy. So Andy's my senior. He's been working as a physio for a lot longer than me. He's fantastic. And I sent that person to him. I then checked up with Andy and asked how the person was getting on. He said, they're doing good. I said, what did you do? And he said, I did this, this and this. And I thought, you fucking bastard. I was like, that's exactly what I did with that person. Yeah. But the fact is, I just knew the, the guy and I didn't go on at the time. Just didn't click. And I wasn't getting there. Now that I've had that guy loads of times as a client and the barrier's been broken down and I got on really well. I can treat him successfully. But at the time, I just I just couldn't. And I, I think I've maybe grown as a physio that's allowed me to help to deal with that. But yeah, the, the, the real, taking the pressure off your back, of just some, not every, you won't be able to help absolutely every single person that comes in, can really help your own mental health because it's hard. It's hard going, you know. Say his name, um, I'm joking. <laughs> Yeah, no, mate, like all really, really good points there. Like, that, I think that was something that took me to a long time to come to terms with. And you know, not that, like, it's not saying that obviously everyone, like, I, I think a personal trainer, a physiotherapist would be dishonest if they said that they haven't ever lost a client. Like, that's your, your churn rate is your churn rate. Like, it just happens that like, people aren't going to gel with you, people aren't going to like what you do that people aren't going to be in a position where they're ready to do it. And I think it's just been okay to accept that's just the way it is. Um, oh, absolutely. You know, like, like you say, sorry, when you go, mate. You go. You're never, ever going to please everyone. That is, and you need to realise that, like, it doesn't matter. Like, you could save somebody's granny for a burning building and there'll still be one person that's like, Christian's a prick. Like, <laughs> you know, that's it. And I think, I think that, I think actually, um, it's the, it's the mark of a, a of a very mature person to, to be able to spot that, you know, so there's time you need to be able to spot when you're when you're not going to be able to help someone. And sometimes the best thing you can do is refer them on. And like you're saying about personal trainers, I've been through different personal trainers, and I've moved from a couple to another because at that point they suited me better. And you just have to find the person that's right for you, and and utilize them. And although I've used people in the past that I no longer use, but I've referred people to them since yeah. then because I know that they can help that person at that time. So there's a. Yeah, there's a, I can't remember what it's called. You might know because I think it was it was literally James Smith's book, and I think you've read it as well. But he talks about something where it's basically like a bias where because you've invested time and money in someone, you might the, the customer might not necessarily like that person, but because they feel invested. Now I've had this lots with clients where they've maybe been a member of uh, Weight Watchers or Slimming World for a long time, and then like you overlooked and We were talking about this the other day in my group check in, and like um, two of my clients were mentioning that since then because the help I've been giving them and the guidance with nutrition they've came away after being it's just like something to do because they feel like it's a safety thing like if I come away from Weight Watchers or Slimming World I'm going to pile on weight and then they realise that with a wee bit of guidance or like not investing in coaching like they have done or that having that other thing there but it's like I think it's like affirmation bias or something where like you, you, you need to have like you, you're like oh I've spent lots of money here I'm not because but you're in like sort of denial about it. Um, but yeah, like it's if you are in that position, what I'm trying to get at is like like reviewing, think about what you're doing. Like a lot of people point the finger of blame at things, and it might not be that what Niall said, it might not be that you don't you it doesn't work, it might not be that you're not effective because of you aren't clicking quite well. So that's a really good point. And then one other thing I wanted to kind of plug in on there as well was what you said about keeping things simple. <clears throat> now that is one of the sort of principles of my training is like progressive overload and people overlook that like so much. Like they, they literally like 
people that you've got all these live classes and I think it's good that coaches and trainers and I don't think it's good that fucking Z-list Z celebrities have jumped on doing live workouts, man. I think they should fucking <laughs> hype it, man. Uh, but they, uh, like, people are all jumping on and promoting these live workouts. However, like, there's a lot of people that are going to be doing these workouts and they're doing burpees with two punches and a star jump at the top. And it's like, yeah, it's good to get someone moving. However, humans are very, very clever. And seeing a matter of weeks, you will be bored as fuck doing that. See if oh, you do a workout where it's genuinely just like, right, we're going to be doing like, and every minute on the minute, an imam, we're going to do 10 squats. See if you've written down what you've previously done and you focus on trying to improve that, you're going to make progressions and you're going to get better at it as well. So it's like, like people forget this element of progressive overload and it's, it's like literally one of the laws of fitness. Like one of the laws of, like, and obviously a big part of physical therapy is rehabilitation, exercise and strength conditioning. And like a lot of people overlook that. It's like people say things like, I've never been able to do press-ups. And I'm like, have you ever practiced press-ups? And they're like, no. <laughs> and you're like, well, you've literally just answered the question. Like, you wouldn't be able to drive a motor, a car, if you've never ever had a driving lesson, man. Do you know what I mean? It's just, but when you put it into a perspective like that, people genuinely start going, right, I get it. But when it comes to fitness and nutrition, people want... I want to do the 10-day ab blast that gets me fucking <laughs> in shape in fucking 10 days, but that doesn't work. But yeah, um, oh, sorry, mate. I, again, I've kind of strayed away there a wee bit, um, but all very, very valid. Four points, mate. I'll let you off because I only asked for three. Uh, That's all right. <laughs> <laughs> um, so um, this is the, the main sort of part of the program. Like, We're going to talk myths, mate. Like, what I, I put three to, because I just sent you saying three to five. How many myths have you, like, are you going to talk about here? You take it, mate. Um, just going to go with five, okay? So I I, there's, there's, I could probably be here all day in another five podcasts talking about them, but yeah, we'll stick to five and we'll just kind of rattle through them and you can ask me questions as we go along. So the, the first one I want to talk about is that static stretching reduces injury, okay? This, so this is what you were saying there. Loads and loads of people spend a lot of time doing stretches to try and prevent injury, and they spend very little time doing any strength training. Now, I have a big problem with that because I passionately care about getting people back to their best and keeping them doing their sport. Now, we see a lot of runners, and runners are the, probably the worst culprit for this. They will spend hours and hours and hours stretching, and they won't even do a single squat, lunge, or calf raise. Now, the reason why is because if you look at percentages, um, if you take strength training versus stretching for injury prevention, the strength training can reduce injuries by up to about 69, 70%, okay? So that's a huge reduction in injuries. Static stretching alone has been shown to be about 4%, okay? So 69% versus 4%, it's absolutely ridiculous, the difference there. So, and, you know, rather than spend 20 minutes, three times a week, working on, say, leg strengthening for this group, they'll spend three or four hours a week doing stretching. And the thing is, we still see them with loads and loads of injuries, and we don't see changes in that until they start building up their tissue using strengthening. So that's my, the reason why that's the one I want to talk about the most, uh, or first. And it's why I passionately ask that, uh, chase this down with every runner. Um, every runner who comes into the clinic, I ask, every, sorry, every injured runner, I ask them the question, how often do you lift weights? And honestly, I could tell you 90 odd percent of the time, they will say they don't lift weights. And then 
that's when I step in. We start getting them doing strength training, and what honestly, the difference it makes in terms of running speed and injuries is just phenomenal. You know, it's a really like a point that people don't even think about when they think about strength training as well. Because I've trained a lot of runners that again don't do any strength training, got them doing it. They, see, when you train weights, you need to realize that you're stretching your muscle. Like, see, when you yep. when you lift a weight, you're taking it through a range of motion whilst it's loaded with weight. That's how yep. a lot of people don't realize that they go, yeah, my mobility is okay and I don't actually stretch. And it's like, well, your technique's pretty bang on. Yeah. Like, and so if, see if, we're doing, if we're taking eccentric loading, so that would be like a stiff leg deadlift. What we know is that if you, if you um, what we know with exercise like eccent, um, stiff leg deadlifts and even calf raises is they actually stretch the muscles better than static stretching. So yeah. if we took you for six weeks and did a heavy stiff leg deadlift program, your hamstring length would improve much more than if you actually stretched. Yeah. And also, the, the effects would be longer lasting after. So yeah, exactly like you're saying, doing weight training. So we, what we call it is strengthen to lengthen. And that can be a, a really effective way of minimizing injuries. Yeah. And I kind of wanted to add something to that as well. Like obviously, you plug into like your knowledge on it, mate. Like It's not saying we're saying don't stretch. We're saying like, we're saying there is a time and a place for it like anything else, but we're just trying to emphasize that too many people put the, they're looking at the wrong end of the spectrum. Yes. Bingo. That's exactly it. So yeah, if you, if you stretch and you like it and it feels good and you think it helps, great. Just don't ignore the stuff that actually makes the biggest difference. Do both if yeah. you can. And like one of the, one of my, this is, I don't know how true this is, mate, like, but one of my like sort of understands the stretching is like, see if I am tight, say if I've done like a big run or I've done an event or something, I will sit and do it because the, sh- the short term release that again, it's not actually, it's not in prolong, it's not going to shorten my recovery. Your recovery is as long as you take, but the short term relief that I get from it is good. Yeah. So, like, right. I mean, like you say, and it, is, it does feel great. I, I do like stretching. I do do it. I, 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 I definitely include it um but i just make sure that i'm getting everything else done first so that's my recovery my load management my strengthening and um, my yeah. sleep and then stretches somewhere on that list um the second thing i would like to talk about is that the pain is where the problem is so this happens a lot so even today we were discussing a client who thought they had pulled their hamstring and this has been going on for three months and um, during lockdown and they've came saying that they've injured their hamstring and they want us to investigate their hamstring now, the pain they had was in the back of their leg. And it's out, you know, to an untrained ear, it might sound like a hamstring. But to us, straight away, we are, we, are, we are thinking about the person's back, about their lumbar spine, their disc, their sciatic nerve. And I would bet a full week's wages that this person was actually dealing with a lumbar spine problem rather than a hamstring problem. It just, it just so happens that it's referred there. So often people have injuries. They may, um, another guy uh, we had had a calf. He, he, he complained about, he came in to see us about calf tightness. It's been ongoing for a while. And if, if, as soon as he came into the clinic, I said to him, this is not your calf, this is your back. The problem in your calf is coming from your back. And we then changed it. We, we got him to target his back and get his nerves moving. And over the, 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 the period of the lockdown, he's actually made a really good recovery now because we've targeted the right area. So that's a, a big point. Look, when, when you hear, you know, when you have pain, you want to think round about the area, above and below, not just directly where you're feeling it. Yeah. One of the biggest things that like, I, I take to all my clients and that you told me this was 
and I just got it from my experience of training folk. A lot of folk always talk about a weak core. And um, like a lot of people go, oh, I've got a really weak core. Like, and one of the things that I started challenging my clients, and this was before we even spoke about it, I was like, define a weak core. Like, what is yeah. a weak core? Like, your core's not like your abs. It's not, it's the full, it's your full torso. It's the full cylindrical part of your body. Like, and it's not going to be weak. And one of the things that uh, Niall told me was the fact that people don't have weak cores. They tend to have, the people that are getting like sore central back, it's because it's weak. It's because it, it, the legs are weak. Uh, sorry, yeah. So what's happening is the, the, the torso's overcompensating because their glutes, their quads are so weak. So when they're doing things, they're almost like, you can't even see me do it right now, but they're almost like tensing up their core, their central belt, and they're like, oh, my back's sore. But it's because every, yeah. every other surrounding area is weak as fuck. Like exactly, and that so, is yeah. Like what's that. happening? Like you're saying, yeah, they're they're overcompensating, so they're actually overusing their core. They're overfixating to try and support other areas of the body, and that's actually the problem. So yeah, like you're saying, people with sore backs, it's not core weakness. More often than not, they're actually the core is overactive, and the best thing we can do is get them to relax. Yeah. Uh, honestly, just just sometimes giving people permission to let go can be can be life changing in terms yeah. of pain. Yeah, no, that's a uh, what what other points have you got there, mate? There's some really good points so far. Um, the next one is and um, one that we see often is that you need an X-ray. The X-rays and images and MRIs will give you the answer. Now, what we know is that for most people, um, we see the same things on X-ray with people without pain as people with pain. So, if we take uh, lumbar disc herniations and, and signs of wear and tear in the back. So the chances of having a disc bulge is roughly about your age as a percentage, right? So if you're 60, um, there's a 60% chance you've got it. But people who are older don't always, they don't, they're not all in pain. So often you'll see things that are just a normal part of the aging process. So the way we look at it is, you know, if you have arthritic changes in your body, it's like wrinkles in the skin. You know, if people have wrinkles in their skin, you wouldn't think, oh my God, that person's face is broken. You would think that's just normal. They're getting older and they've got wrinkles developing. We now know that for most people, arthritic changes are just that. So it's wrinkles on the inside of the body. So they're there. You can't do anything about You can't stop them. However, by keeping yourself strong and active, you can make them not a problem. So you can build up everything around about it so that these arthritic changes don't cause you any issues ever. So that's, I think that's an important one. So when people come in, they think, oh, I've had back pain for a wee while and they, I want an x-ray. And now we will, we will do tests to people. And if the, if the tests don't come back, you know, the, the worst thing you can do is get an x-ray because I say you had a sore knee, you were in the military, you've probably done a lot, you've done a lot of fitness. You could, you could have signs of wear and tear in your knees, but you don't have any issues. If we were to x-ray you, you would then go, oh shit, man, I've got arthritis in my knees. I'm going to stop running. Yeah. I'm going to stop weightlifting. Then you deteriorate and then you start to have pain. So that's that's the reason why we don't refer people for x-rays unless we think it's going to be a million small lacerations in your back. Like, think about like all the things that you've done in your life when you've been pissed and you've fell over or like when you've been a wee guy rolling about or you've been when you do Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu or all these things are going to impact it and there's going to be, and I think like one of the things that I kind of wanted to add into that, mate, and I want to hear your opinion on it as well is, I think people get really scared by things as well now, like post-injury, especially back injuries. And people go like this, man, like they'll go, like, I know people that have, like I've trained people that have, that once they've been cleared for doctors and physios, one of my clients now that I still train, broke both his arms and he was mm. back to lifting really heavy weights very quickly. See, after like proper, just building it up, doing it. 
But see, when it's someone's back, why do they take? Why are they so wary? Yeah, so it's because it's, it's, I mean, it all has to do with therapists. Um, we've, we've, there's this false image that the spine is weak, and in fact, it's, it's an incredible piece of machinery that is so strong and so stable. But we, we've presented it as being weak and easy to damage. And like you're saying, you know, you don't stub your toe then say, oh, I can't go and play football because I hurt my, t- my toe 12 years ago. You, you, any other injury in the body, if you hurt your hand, you're like, oh, my hand's fine now. I'm going to go back to what I was doing before. I'm going to start boxing. We, we do that every, but apart from the back. So people often carry this fear where they think that because they pulled their back when they were 18 and now they're 30, that their back's gubbed. And I'll, I always say to people, you know, any, any injury you have like that is probably healed within three months. After that, it's just about protection. So yeah, hundred percent, you're right. People, need, we need to start getting the message across that the back is like every other part of the body. It's really, really strong, and if you build it back up, you won't have any issues. You know, it's, it, it's no, a great I, point you made. I was thinking about this recently because I just read Sam Briggs' book, the British CrossFit athlete, and she's kind of been at the. She won it in 2013. I think it was 2013. I don't know if that was right. Sorry, Sam, if you're listening. I know you might be listening to my podcast. Mm. Um, yeah, like. Um, but I was reading her book I just finished it last week it's really good by the way um, and she was talking about she's been riddled with injuries like a full sort of CrossFit career and she's she's a bit older she didn't get into CrossFit until she was 27 but she spoke about in it how she broke her foot and that she competed within a matter of months right see if that was like something else with somebody's back they wouldn't like it's just whereas she had a broken foot and she performed she, she literally was competing for the title of the fittest woman on earth, which is arguably some of the hardest training you've ever seen. And oh, they, yeah. like, it's just crazy, man. That, um, that, but again, it's just that, that that's what got me thinking about it. Like, I've had folk that are talking about a back injury when they were like, oh, I had a sore back. And I'm like, I'm like, God, man, that the, the <laughs> what's probably done them more bad is the fact that they're being overly protective of it. Yeah, so it's yeah. overprotection, fear of movement. They cause they are they are, they are the causes of long term disability. Yeah, yeah. Any weakness, any any injury to the back is gone, and it's the brain that's taking over and telling them they shouldn't do it. That's so my job. Sorry, mate, you go for it. I was going to say, my, one of my priorities, a physio, as I said earlier, is about mm. building people up, re-educating them, and letting them know that the back is actually very, very strong, and give it give it the chance, and it will. It will work wonders again. You know, it just it just needs that it just needs that trust and that that gradual build up. It's the same as like, see when I'm instructing people to maybe do something like, I don't know, like someone's like, or like maybe someone's came to me for running, they've came to me for a fitness challenge, tough mud, I don't know, something that's like, it's going to be challenging. And I'll like, they've went, I want to run a 5k and I'm like, download this app, couch to 5k or whatever it is. And they start to build a mental barrier because the way that they're instructed. So say, for example, the reason that, because it's happened to quite a lot of my clients recently in my group where they've done couch to 5k and they've got a mental barrier with the, the intervals because you, you've just, I think you've just done it there as well and yeah I'm on week eight yeah it's good mm-hmm. mate. and and uh, like the the way that they stagger because the, the intervals are presented in such a time people where it, like people start to go oh I can't run continuously but see if that was presented to you in a different way where maybe it was downhill running and you were to do it at a slower speed but you were able to go further the worry that you would have in your head would be not it would be no longer running downhill it wouldn't be because you, you've got over that you, you've just built up a fear and you've created a barrier and it's this like i think a lot of people don't realize that it's the psychology that a lot of people struggle with a lot of people say things like, oh, i've tried everything i've done this and you're like no and you start to dig a wee bit deeper and you're like no you've just got yourself in a bit of a rut and you've you've just told yourself that you can't do something 
And it's just that yep. sort of can't mentality that you need need to kind of eliminate. Like, and I put a transformation up at the weekend of one of my clients and the amount of people that have messaged myself and have messaged my client about what has Christian got you doing? What is, and it's like, Christian's assisted me in changing my mindset. That was the biggest yep. change. And a lot of people are like, what diet plan is it? What program is it? How much did you pay for that? And it's like, no, like this person just adopted a growth mindset. They were willing to put themselves out there and they were willing to be relentlessly consistent. And I think that is like a lot of folk, it's just, it's themselves. It's, it's the oh, 100%. way a wee bit there. There's a phrase I like to use, and I use this with clients a lot, is whether you think you can or you can't, you're right. You know, so if you if you believe you can do it, you will do it. If you believe you can't, you're fucked. You know, that's as simple as that. Yeah, so, yeah, I think the, the biggest hurdle is often yourself. It's getting, getting past your own negative thoughts. You know, when I'm in the gym and I'm lifting weights, I don't think about if I can or can't lift it. All I think about, right, is how good I'm going to look when I put that weight down. That's <laughs> all I think about. I think about after. I think about everyone's going to be thinking, this guy's a tank. And that's all I think about. Just keep telling myself I'm a monster. Build myself up. And I never, ever, I've never, honestly, I've never walked into a lift and thought I'm not doing this. I'm yeah. always like, I'm getting, I'm, I'm getting this. And that's the big, makes a big, big difference. I, I use my social media as a platform to put pressure on myself sometimes. Like I'll do it with yeah. a challenge. I'll do it with a charity event. I'll do it with whatever. And it's accountability. And like, I was talking to my friend Richie, that Richie and Adam that I go running with sometimes. They, oh, yeah. Richie was talking about, like, saying, like, how he loves being a boss on Strava. And he's a, he's a savage runner, man. Like, he's, he's a, like, he came second in the virtual West Highland Way race. Wow, Same. that's amazing. He's a, he's a weapon, mate. And, uh, um, yeah, like, he was saying, like, he loves putting it on Strava. And I was like, you should be. You should be proud of that, man. You should be, like... I'm a badass runner, man. Like you should be well, and it's the same way. Like if you if you accomplish something, like don't be like don't be a dick, but I mean like be be proud of what you've done. And I think basking your glory. What's that, sorry, mate? In basking your own glory, you know you, you deserve it. it. If you put the work in, you deserve it. Yeah, like be proud of your achievements, man. Well, I, I think. What did you say? Oh, sorry, I was I was going to say I think I think one of the things about being Scottish is we're all quite pessimistic, and we we actually beat ourselves up, and we. Yeah. We limit ourselves. Scottish people have got this really big um, kind of inferiority complex all the time, and and it's because you get pounded. You do stuff. You try yeah. and step outside the box, and you get absolutely pounded all the time. Uh, we are quite a negative bunch of people, you know. I think we can rise up to challenges, but our first thing is to always be quite pessimistic. And I think once you step away from that, um, we can be amazing. But no, yeah. like it's like me and you spoke about that once when we were, when I was in the clinic, and we were saying that like like. I genuinely have it in my head that if I just keep being relentlessly consistent, I know what my business will end up being. And I was like, and I don't want to sound cringe saying that. And you went, do you know what, mate? There's nothing cringe about saying that. Like, the only thing cringe about it is the person that says it's cringy because mm -hmm. they're being pessimistic. And I was like, that's very true. And it's like, when people, like, I think everyone should be, like, don't be worried about what other people are thinking. Just fucking do what yeah. makes you happy at the end of the day. The thing is, um, I, I think I think it may have been uh, Jamie Orton I got this from, but it's a great point. Um, you're never ever criticised by people doing better than you. It's always people who wish they were doing what you're doing, yeah. who, who criticise you. People who are doing better are usually the ones reaching down to help you up to their level. Definitely. So yeah, I, I always take that anytime someone, if, someone, if someone's taking the piss out of you for what you're doing, then you're probably doing something right, I would say. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, uh, next couple of myths, I'll just get yeah. them out of the way. Um, so the third myth would be, 
surgery is the best option. So loads and loads of people think that surgery is the be-all and end-all of recovery. You know, if you have an, an injury to your cartilage, for example, they, they want operated on. Um, if they've got issues with their shoulder, they want operated on. And what we know, for the vast majority of people, right, uh, surgery is no more effective than than just rehab, strength and conditioning. What we find is surgery might get you a quicker starting point, but usually about 12 months down the line, the, the, the recovery tends to even off about the same level. But then if you have surgery, then you get increased risk of things like osteoarthritis. So say, for example, you injure your cartilage in your knee, your meniscus. Um, previously, we got you in, got you operated on and get you back, uh, try and get you back out. Um, we often see that it's not, sometimes not that successful and there's a higher risk of knee arthritis. Whereas if we take the slow and steady approach, you know, fast forward 12 months down the line, then going on to three, three to five years down the line, um, a lot of people do better by not having surgery. So that was my big thing is let's get people away from that. Let's get them focused on not getting the quick fix. Let's get, take the longer route and usually you'll find that, that you end up a lot better overall. I so I just wanted to get that in there. That's and great. final one would just be, we spoke about this all the time, uh, is that my, the, the idea of pelvises uh, and spines being out of alignment. So this is a notion that bones move out of place and that by manipulating them, you can pop them back in. Now, I'm a manipulative therapist and I, I learned this when I did my courses and it was, it was the most confusing period of my physiotherapy career ever. Whereas now that I know that bones do not move, they do not come out of alignment, it's just physically, physiologically impossible. Now, when I stopped focusing on that and started focusing on the entire person and getting them stronger, it was like a huge weight off my shoulders. And I, that's when I started loving being a physiotherapist, when I stopped looking for these stupid wee bones out of place that don't actually exist. No, no, that's, that's absolutely spot on, mate. Like, I think that's what... I think it's the same in the PT world. Like, I remember when I started PT and... I was learning all this, like, like my knowledge was my knowledge is nowhere near what it is now. And I'll put my hand up and say that it was fucking like I was a knowledgeable trainer and stuff, and I've been training for a long time. I trained people in the past, and I was an instructor when I was in the military, but um, only for like a short time, for a year, for like nine months or something. But um, I put all those things together and thought about this, but then I realised, oh god, I'm actually looking back now. I was like, I was, I don't really know nearly as much as I know now. But mm. on that PT course, I was taught some things where I'm like, why are we focusing on this for nutrition? It was talking about mitochondria and it was talking about like, <laughs> like, like, see if someone wants to lose fat, they need to be in a calorie deficit. Why is that not mentioned in a PT course? Oh, no. Man, why no, is that like, okay. why is like, they're talking about things. It's like, they're talk, like talking about putting your body in a fat burning state. Like if like you'll burn like body fat, if you're in an energy deficit, you burn fat primarily if you've not consumed carbs. But if you're not in an energy deficit, you won't be burning any body fat. You'll be burning fat primarily for fuel because there's no... But it's all these things that uh, during the course, they're focusing on the wrong things. And they're not just like... no Nobody wants to hear... Like, nobody wants to hear how the anatomy of how your aerobic system works and how mitochondria takes place. Nobody has ever ever like no one needs to know that so why are they telling coaches to then go and tell people that why aren't they telling the coaches that yeah someone's probably what i want to know how to go out for a night out of the weekend balance a nine-to-five job and get massive in the gym that's what some they like like they want to know about how to simplify nutrition to a point where you can download an app and sort out your life through an app 
they want they don't want to know about all these like, and it's it's probably very much the same as what you've learned like um, and I'm not yeah. trying to compare a, a six week PT course to a physiotherapy degree by the way like I, I don't, don't, don't worry. Um, I know you're absolutely sound. Um, you're, you're, you're completely right. And you know, there's times I've been, I, my favourite example was once explaining to someone what I was doing as I was working on her back, and she just turned around, looked at me in the eye, and said, "I don't fucking care. Just fix me." You know, yeah. so that's simple as that. You know, people like to know some knowledge, but yeah, absolutely, there's no need to go into that detail. And loads, of, like I said, I was saying about the thing about being out of alignment. Loads of physios have mentally scarred clients for life because they think that their spine is fragile and is and can pop out of place. Um, when in fact, it's actually just a very good business model. You come and see me, your back's sore. I say, oh, your pelvis is out of alignment. Um, and, I, and then I manipulate you. You feel better, not because I've realigned anything, but then you feel better. Next time you're sore, you then associate that with being realigned. And then guess what? I've got clients for life. I've got your friends, I've got your family. I've got all your money. And I am going to put that towards my mortgage um which is a great <laughs> business model but it's not very ethical yeah um, and i think like what you were saying there about like where like it's it's just it's almost like you're trying to sign a contract with the person and i suppose it's the same as like people get lured into like the thing that i keep talking about like see slimming clubs people get like lifetime memberships at slimming clubs like they get like a medal like well done see if you've got an amount of body fat you need to lose it it only takes and like an extended period of time. Like the yep. fact that people are like, oh, I'm a lifetime member at Weight Watchers. I'm like, what the fuck, man? That, that, that's know. not working for you. Like that, like yeah. that isn't something that a fat loss club that you're a lifetime member of shouldn't be a thing. You should get your head around it. Like I was talking about this today and I was saying it's like, imagine like it's almost like someone's been learning to drive. They've been doing it for that long. They've never ever once had an instructor and then, when someone comes to me that's been struggling with fat loss and I tell them how to do it, it's almost like two lessons later and I'm like, right, book your test. And they're like, no, I just want to keep learning. I just want to keep, <laughs> I just want to stay here because, and that's almost what like, not that like Weight Watchers and Slim in the clubs, I'm not saying like, I, I'm not one of these people that's like, they don't work because if you're consistent with it, it'll work. Like at the end of the day, like, that's what it is. But you'll never be clear on how it works. And I suppose yeah. it's, it's almost like they're just giving you a provisional it's like they're just yeah. giving you that provisional license and they're like here just can I stay within the realms I'll stay in the pasture seat I'll help you you'll know what you're doing but you'll never fully know what you're doing and that's the same as like what you're saying there with the alignment thing it's kind of like look I can fix your back but you need to stay with me it's like yeah, it's, that's exactly what it is it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's clients for life whereas I my we, uh, myself and Andy we want ready you we want if you come and see us about your back the next time I see you it's for your foot or your shoulder, we want to see you for something else. You know, we want, we want to get rid of the problems. And it's, it's kind of like the idea of the old, you know, teach a man to fish proverb, you know, like, like you're saying with the slimming. Water clubs, they don't teach people how to, you know, it's yo-yo diet and it's like, um, they, they, they lose the weight, they'll, they'll look great when they go on holiday, then they'll put it back on again. Um, although, like you're saying, they'll spend years in a calorie deficit, aiming for a calorie deficit, but not achieving it. Whereas, I think over lockdown, you put something up, hopefully I'm quoting you right, you know, but the idea of, you want to get a calorie, so in terms of calories, you want to get in and out, you know, you want to get the calories yeah. down, get the weight off, then change back to, So you know, the thing that I think you're saying is, I always say fat loss isn't a forever thing. Aye, that's it. It's literally for a period of time. It's not like, it's, and then I get people where they come and they train and it's like, right, I need to lose more fat. And I'm like, not that you don't hit an optimal body fat, but you will, you will have to reach a point where you have to stop. Otherwise, you've, you've only got, body, like, you can't just keep going forever. Like, it's just, 
And I think yeah. people strive for this forever thing. And you're like, it isn't a forever thing. Like, you aren't meant to be in a deficit forever. Like, it's called no. an energy deficit for a reason. Like, you're, like your body's catabolizing body fat. Like, it's breaking it down. Like you're not meant to be that forever. But um, I suppose it is a fitness podcast. I know we've kind of strayed away from uh, <laughs> physiotherapy, man. But if everyone wants to look a wee bit better naked, everyone wants to be a wee bit leaner. So it's valid. It's all valid. Oh, um, yeah, absolutely. Aye, so um, last questions, mate. For any aspiring physios, because I know that there will be people on here tuning in, what one golden nugget of information would you give them? Yep. So for the one golden nugget I would give for physios and also PTs, is be sound. Yeah. The, the best advice you can give is be a decent guy, be dependable, be there, be there for clients, be reliable, be open, and be easy to talk to. So be sound. You know, be be. Um, if, I think that is the main thing. The reason why we're such a busy clinic um, is because we do our best by our patients. The reason why you've the reason why you and I have a, a good relationship is generally because we are both. I would say really sound guys, you know, <laughs> that's the reason why you asked me on here. I, I, you know, I, I just think it can't be stressed enough that, you know, with physios and PTs, pe people buy into people. They don't buy into plans, they buy into people. You know, they buy into the belief that you instill in them and the, the, the belief that you can help them. That that is simple as that, you know, that, that I think, I think I, I just think that is the, the most fundamental thing. Um, I, I, so many of my clients um, I have really good relationships with um, there's a couple uh, the other day during lockdown the first day we were allowed one of my clients went out and just went a walk just one of my physical clients just went, I went, went a, a three, three and a half mile walk um, and I think that is the thing you know in Callahan's it's almost like, it's like a wee family there's so many yeah. it's such a social place so many people come in that see each other um, and I now see loads and loads of people on, on nights out and loads of folk come and talk to me and I just think that that is the, the the best the best bit of information. I've passed placements at uni just by being a decent guy. You know, um, <laughs> like a, a totally different point in my learning back then. And you know, it literally is. You know, if if you if you're a really nice person, open person, you'll never fail a placement ever. You know, it's it's just such a big help. Whereas if you're a fanny, um, people will dislike you. They'll gravitate away from you, and yeah, it just generally just life isn't as nice. I know, like, see, like, qualifications, man, they're, they're only worth the fucking paper they're written on if you're good, if you're self-employed, man, because you could be the most qualified, most knowledgeable physical therapist or personal trainer ever, but if you're a ball bag, man, nobody's going to come to you. That's it. It's sim simple as that, man. It's, yeah. it, it's, it's the, be the best thing for it. People, people, they, they buy into your personality. Obviously, it's great. You, you look at your page and you, you're seeing more and more transformations and people do buy into that. But at the end of the day, they speak to you and they think, I like him. I'm going to stick with him as a guy. You know, that's, I think that's the, the, the biggest part of it is definitely, definitely that. Totally agree there. And then last question, what first piece of advice would you tell someone that's entering the gym after three to four months <laughs> of next to no training? Yeah, perfect. Right. So, um, ignore this vice at your peril. Um, if you do ignore this vice, then I'll see you in the clinic at some point. <laughs> so the first thing is take it slow, right? You've no, there's no pressure to lift heavy now. So dial in the technique, get the tempo right, and build up. Um, today I dropped 30-odd kilo off, my, off the bar from my bench, and I'm building up slow, and I'm just focusing nice, slow, perfect reps. So take the pressure off. The second part of that is leave your ego at the front door. Absolutely no one in the world gives a fuck how much you lift. Nobody cares. Like you might be benching 200 and people will look at you, but see if you're in a night out and you're like, hi, my name's Naya, I can bench 250 kilo. But like, who gives a fuck? 
Right, so that's the, the part. And then the final part, and this is a wee bit more aimed at the guys, you know, it ties in with this about, you know, leaving the ego at the front door is, uh, it, it doesn't matter. Nobody really cares. The only people who find the peck dance sexy are heterosexual men. No, no <laughs> other group of, <laughs> no other demographic finds it attractive at all other than guys who bench. Uh, honestly, so just take the pressure off. Get, get the things that you were doing wrong right now. And, you know, set your target next year, set Summer Body 2021, and just give yourself a good chance to build up injury-free. If you jump in the deep end, then five weeks down the line, um, you're going to end up with a problem and then you'll be back to square one. So, yeah, just take it nice and slow. It's a clean slate. Let's start over at the beginning and get it right this time. Aye, no, that's really, really solid advice, man. I, like, and I spoke about that in my stories today, and I was saying, number one, just... Don't like you're not gonna be if you haven't trained for three to four months, you're not gonna be in the clip that you were in three to four months ago. It's just a matter of fact. It's not even like a maybe. Like, oh baby, like you you probably see the thing is, I'd like the thing the one the one piece of equipment I've missed most is a bit of a vanity one for me. I love bench pressing. Like mm. like I love it. Like I just love bench oh, yeah. press, right? And I, I can lift relatively heavy with it, like for the amount of volume that I do. And I've not been able to do that. And I've, I've genuinely, like, I'm not bothered. I've noticed a difference in my, my shape and that. You're not going to be able to replicate that sort of weight if you don't lift that. And like me going back, like I could probably do that. However, like I, I would probably go in and just with my sort of exertion level of training, I could probably still go in and be like, fuck it, I'm going to do 10 reps at 90 kilo. But I'd be crippled and I wouldn't be able to do any more than one set. And soreness isn't an indication of how good or how well or how hard you've trained and like I really like this was a really really good golden nugget information I gave to one of my clients the other day do you know a really good sign of that you've built up a run well that you shouldn't be sore the next day after it like and I was like and I said that and I was like god that is actually a solid bit of information because see in the past I've done stuff well it doesn't like running is a really good example of this like I've ran some tough runs in the past I've not been running as much recently I bet you I could go out tomorrow and I could probably push 60 miles. I'd be fucking crippled after it though. Like, yep. because I have done like, the, like, the, like I, I could see, to be honest, mate, I could probably go out and I bet you I could probably actually do a marathon, right? I've actually, like, I could probably go out and do that. I would be in a world of pain and I wouldn't gain anything from it. And I'd be fucked for about a week after it. Whereas if someone properly conditioned, they should be coming away from that and going, I don't actually feel bad. Like, exactly, you're training, you should feel great after you train. You should feel brilliant. You should be like, Oh my god, I'm so happy I, I trained today. You should, it should uplift you, it should give you more energy. And if it's, if it's, if it's not, then you're, I think you're, uh, you're ripping ass out a bit. <laughs> I feel like I feel like I want to go out and run a marathon tomorrow, man, just to prove <laughs> I'm podcast. Uh, um, I'm all, all, almost finished my couch to 5k. Uh, so no, that's good, mate. It's brilliant. Um, if anyone is uh, tuned into it and you are thinking about running, couch to 5k, eight weeks. Build you up for couch to 5k. Literally, yep. like it's, it's way to build up, absolutely. Nice, it's a really, really good way to do it. Um, so apart from that, guys, that is everything from the podcast today. Um, mate, have you got anything that you want to add in for your business or that at all? Yep, so just um, I work at Callahan's Health and Therapy. All the opinions expressed today are of myself only, not Callahan's. And you can find us at www.callahans.co.uk or Instagram, Callahan's Health. And you can find us under our business name on Facebook. Uh, we are a very busy clinic who specialise in musculoskeletal injuries and keeping you doing the sports and exercise that you love and getting you back to your best in a timely manner. So give us a shout and hopefully we can help 
uh, anyone who needs it. No, thanks very much, mate. It's been a pleasure having you on. So, yeah, guys, if anyone has tuned in today, make sure that you are screenshotting it. And as I said at the beginning, if you are interested in working with myself as well, you're interested in massively improving your fitness, your strength when gyms open back up, or you just want to regain some confidence and, and you've lost your routine, do not hesitate to drop, drop me a message because I'll definitely be able to help you out. But apart from that, ladies and gents, I shall catch you in a bit. I'll see you later. Bye.